This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. As you heard yesterday, Epitome Energy is moving forward with the Soybean Crush Project in Grand Forks. CEO Dennis Egan outlines the scope of this project. Yep, it's a 42 million bushel crush, uh, so it's about 120,000 bushels a day that we'll be processing. And um, our goal is to uh, get the equity put in place, um, you know, late first quarter of next year. Uh, we already have uh, had had great conversations on the debt side of things and, and think that we've got a, a path there. Um, and, uh, you know, putting a shovel in the ground second quarter uh, and moving forward and then shortly thereafter having the air permit from North Dakota. And um, our goal would be to try to be operational fall of 25. When asked about partners for this project, Egan said an announcement will be made in a matter of weeks. Once complete, this crush project brings an additional market for regional farmers. And we actually had a study, a third-party verification group uh, called PRX uh, that came in and, and looked at uh, the Grand Forks site, and uh, there's ample soybeans in the market. And the good news uh, for the farmer, and one of the very reasons we pursued this project uh, to begin with was the impact that this would have on the local farm community. In 2019, Epitome Energy announced plans to build this plant in Crookston, but delays with the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency permits forced the move. An interview with Egan with more details about the Grand Forks project can be found on the Red River Farm Network website. Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor Naomi Bloom will be featured at the Ag Outlook Conference in Sioux Falls Thursday. Bloom has an optimistic message about growing soybean, about the growing soybean crush market. That is good news for producers and for uh, producers in the Dakotas. You know, basis levels should stay firm. It's another competition, of course. We know those North Dakota soybeans are the ones that go to China primarily out the PNW. So now you're going to have more markets. You'll have a crush market. You're going to have your soybean export market. So things looking good um, from that perspective. Midterm elections have resulted in leadership with non-agriculture backgrounds sitting on the Ag Committee for the next Farm Bill. AgriPulse editor Sarah Wyant says there will be a lot of new faces writing this legislation. Well, I think it's a real educational opportunity for a lot of folks on the House side in particular to meet with new members of the House Ag Committee and new members of Congress uh, in general because a lot of them have not been involved in writing a farm bill in the past, uh, may not be familiar with agriculture, may have joined the House Ag Committee, not so much because they want to work on farm policy as much as they want to work on food policy. And so um, for the ag groups that want to educate members, it really behooves them to start getting into Washington, start having sit-downs, inviting people out to farms, all that kind of stuff. With the current lame duck session, Wyant says H-2A visas and the Water Resources Development Act 
are just a couple of things that she's keeping an eye on. Just government funding, we have to see if we are going to just keep kicking the can down the road in terms of a continuing resolution or we can get actually something done yet in December. We're watching Water Resources Development Act as part of the defense authorization bill that is very crucial as we look at having that infrastructure, methods of moving our farm exports to market. So investments there will be crucial. And then um, there is some hope that there will still be a Farm Workforce Modernization Act vote in the Senate. And if that could happen, that would really help a lot of people that have H-2A workers. Shipping conditions on the lower Mississippi have improved. Water levels at Memphis has made uh, dramatic improvements in recent days. Restrictions still in place for barred shipments, however. One expert said things are getting better, but they're not back to normal. BNSF, CSX Transportation, and Norfolk Southern are saying their service is at or near pre-COVID levels. In a report to the Surface Transportation Board, these three Class 1 railroads says the staffing situation has improved, but labor remains a challenge. Union Pacific said its performance has improved since April, but offered few other details to the Surface Transportation Board. Keep in mind the Prairie Grains Conference uh, kicking off with some meetings today. Tomorrow the trade show and their keynote uh, speakers the Red River Farm Network will be there as well. This is the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Farmer's sentiment remains steady according to the Purdue University uh, Ag Economy Barometer Survey for November. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Each month, Purdue University conducts the Ag Barometer Survey of 400 producers to gauge farmer sentiment across the country. According to Purdue Center for Commercial Ag Director Jim Mintert, despite the midterm election being behind us, farmers are still concerned about input costs and interest rates, which is keeping the number from climbing. The sentiment really didn't change much this month. Uh, we were still at an index level of about 102. That's down substantially compared to where it was in, in late 2020 and early 2021. And when we turn around and ask people about what their biggest concerns are for their farming operation in the upcoming year, people consistently tell us that their number one concern is, is input cost. I think uh, over 40% of the people in this month's survey chose that as their top concern. The second highest ranked concern was rising interest rates. Uh, there's still concerns about the availability of inputs. I think in this month's survey, 14% of the producers in the survey said that that was one of their top concerns going into 2023. Mintert says compared to most years, output costs barely register as a concern. We have folks really concerned about inputs and more so than output prices because only 14% of the people in the survey said lower crop or livestock prices were their number one concern. In the more typical year, that would likely be the, the number one concern. So between higher input costs, rising interest rates, and the availability of inputs, that really dominates people's thinking. And I think really explains why people have so many concerns with respect to where their farming operation is today and where it's headed. It really ex contributes to that tremendous amount of angst and unease that's taken place in, in the farming community. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. A group of 15 senators is asking Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack to address a 22-year mega drought that is threatening farmers and ranchers across the West. The lawmakers contend many existing USDA programs do not meet the needs of Western agriculture. 
Vilsack is being asked to use his authority to conserve water and protect lands hurt by the drought. Additional staffing in USDA field offices is also on the wish list. Commodity prices have come down while input costs are still high. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grassafi is urging farmers to consider this new dynamic. We have to pound this through. We're going to go into a record high cost production with 30, 40 year high interest rates into a commodity market that's depreciating. Store and ignore might not work as well as it's worked in the years past. And farmers all across the world are also trying to grow and raise commodities at record profit. Interest rates are continuing to move upward, which will impact the costs associated with the farm. So this cheap money interest rate policy goes all the way back to what the events that happened on 9-11 over 21 years ago. So there's a whole three, four generations who are like, what do you mean it's 8% to buy a home? What do you mean I can't buy uh, that $2,000 a month to only pay for this much, not this much home? The full interview with Grisafi can be found on the Red River Farm Network's YouTube channel and in the monthly bullpen report. Boxed beef values have been under pressure this week. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says that's being reflected in the cash market. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers start cutting some of their kill hours, trying to prop up their margins. They're at another 140-some dollars, $142 ahead, negative margins, which really can't be sustained from their perspective. As of January 1st, the mandatory pork checkoff rate will be $0.35 cents per $100 of value. That's down $0.05 cents from the current rate. Rate change is due to a policy change approved at this past year's Pork Industry Forum. According to a report from the State Commerce Department, Minnesota is on track to sell 100 million gallons of unleaded 88 gasoline by the end of the year. That's the 15% ethanol blends. On average, unleaded 88 has been 16 cents less expensive than standard octane gasoline this year. National Grain and Feed uh, Association's annual Country Elevator Conference and Trade Show going on uh, through Thursday in St. Louis. Attendees will hear breakouts on international factors currently influencing U.S. and world grade markets. 2023 economic outlook and best practices in cybersecurity, insurance, and more. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Farm Credit Council hosted their Ag Leaders Forum yesterday afternoon in Bismarck. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor was there. It was the 14th biennial Ag Leaders Forum yesterday in Bismarck, North Dakota. A country farm credit services CEO, Mark Nicely, says it's not often you can find so many state legislators and ag leaders all under one roof. Really proud from a farm credit perspective to have hosted this this event for over 30 years now, and this Ag Leaders Forum really brings together not only farm credit people, staff, and directors from the two associations, Ag Country and Farm Credit Services of Mandan, but it also brings together members of the North Dakota Ag Coalition. It brings together members of the various commodity groups. Our university folks are here. Our extension folks. Our educators are here. And probably most importantly, and the reason that we do it in Bismarck, is to have our elected officials here and, and those that are making policy. You know, being able to assemble a group like that every couple of years and talk about the opportunities that are available to agriculture. Discussion circled around the upcoming legislative session. 
With North Dakota being in every other year legislature, it's really important to get together and talk about policy. We've been studying things since the last session, and you know, we know that agriculture and energy are the top two drivers of our economy, and those overlap an awful lot when you think about bioenergy and you think about the connections to agriculture and animal agriculture to the, the co-products that come out of bioenergy creation. And I just think making sure that we do that, and then, you know, we also spend some time talking about federal issues as well and making sure that we're not thinking that we're so isolated from the rest of the world that we just have to worry about North Dakota. We know how North Dakota fits into the national scene and the global scene, really, from an agricultural standpoint. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Checking markets, we are a fraction higher for Minneapolis wheat, that March contract at 896 and three quarters, three quarters of a cent higher. Chicago wheat for March, eight and a quarter higher, 737 and a quarter. Hard red winter wheat for March gaining a nickel. Wheat higher after uh, some significant losses yesterday. The market for corn March down three quarters of a cent, 636 and a half. Soybeans for January eight higher at 1463 as the quote. Both the soybean meal and soybean oil trading higher as well. As we check in on the farm calendar, the 10th annual On Farm Research Summit. Uh, the research update provided by Minnesota Wheat's research coordinator and producer outreach participants going on this morning. Uh, registration starts at 8 o'clock, the program at 8.30 in Grand Forks. That's just a number of the meetings going on today in uh, Grand Forks with the Prairie Grains Conference. And, of course, tomorrow they'll have their trade show and the uh, keynote speakers as well. Paul Gertis from CHS, Mark Jurek from the Northern Crops Institute, and Daryl Richardson from Endon uh, providing his weather outlook. Again, that's the Prairie Grains Conference going on in Grand Forks. And uh, new this year, the Northern Canola Growers Association joining the Prairie Grains Conference. So they'll have their annual business meeting today and some uh, seminars on the, on the schedule for tomorrow as well. Have a great day. We'll see you at Prairie Grains. This is the Red River Farm Network.